ready to rise above loud, angry headlines, longing for an alternative to the world's fighting and fear-mongering? Christianity Today magazine offers a trustworthy, faithful perspective on stories that matter to you, from the church next door to movements and ministries all around the world. Subscribe to CT for full access to in-depth reporting, insightful commentary, and redemptive storytelling, both online and in print. A subscription to CT also includes seasonal devotionals, special issues, and exclusive content. Visit orderct.com today or click the link in the show notes to get started and join a growing community of thoughtful evangelical Christians who value different news that makes a difference. That's orderct.com to subscribe today. Question today that's coming from Christy. And what Christy says is, What do I do when I hear racist comments coming from a relative? Uh, how, as a Christian, should I respond to that? Well, Christy, as I was talking to several people about uh, the, the possibility of doing this program today, uh, everybody I've talked to said, hmm, that's something that I'm dealing with right now as well. So this is not just you. This is a, this is a widespread sort of problem for people. And the problem for me is that you haven't given me enough information. And what I mean by that is not that you haven't given me enough information to know what the moral categories here are. What I mean is you haven't really given me enough information to know exactly what the strategy ought to be for you. So when you're talking about relatives, I I can think of any number of sort of uh, scenarios that you might find yourself in where there's a racist comment to being made. And I've, I've been in many of those sorts of, of contexts and places as, as well. Here are sort of the, the different ways that I might approach this. First of all, let's deal with the moral issue. You're right that this is an issue of both personal morality and ultimately a, a question of justice. Jesus teaches us that what comes out of the mouth is an overflow out of the abundance of the heart. And so uh, the words that we're speaking are words that, that are coming from some place. Sometimes that place has been conditioned by an entire culture that has habituated people in, in one direction, but it still is a part of who we are uh, that, that, that's coming out there. Bible also teaches us that if we speak against our our brother that we have seen, we speak evil about our brother that we have seen, then how are we to then say that we love God, a God that, whom, whom we have not seen? So this is an important uh, moral issue. This isn't a question where we say, oh, these are just words. It doesn't matter. It matters. You're right about that. Where it becomes complicated in terms of strategy is, first of all, I don't know from your question whether or not your family member is a Christian or a non-Christian or some sort of cultural uh, Christian. I don't know from that. And I would handle it a little bit differently depending upon what category that family member is in. So if you have somebody who's an unbeliever who is using racist speech, then my rule of thumb would be address it 
the way that you would if this unbeliever were boasting about, say, sexual immorality or, or, or talking about living with his girlfriend or, or her boyfriend. Now, there are all sorts of situations where you might address that immediately, right on the spot. So, for instance, you have children around you, and Uncle Ronnie comes in and says, you wouldn't believe the kind of sex I had with my girlfriend last night. Well, you're going to immediately uh, step up and say something. Uh, Why? Because your children, if you have children, are watching this, and they're wanting to know, does mom or dad or does Aunt Christy or does Cousin Christy— is this somebody who follows Jesus? Is this somebody who is approving of this? You're going to speak to that directly right in the moment. And the same thing would happen with a, a racist comment. So if Uncle Ronnie comes in and, and makes a racist comment, no matter what kind of an unbeliever he is, no matter what kind of situation he's in, no matter how drunk he is, if your children are around, you're going to want to say something and it's probably going to depend on your relationship with Uncle Ronnie and how many times this has happened, how sharp you're going to be on that. So there have been circumstances where with the, say, the boasting of sexual immorality, there are circumstances where I haven't said anything right away. When somebody comes in and talks about, yeah, I'm moving in with my girlfriend or I'm moving in with my boyfriend, that just happened just this past week. I didn't address that issue itself at the moment because I'm having an ongoing conversation with this person about the gospel, and I'm wanting to sort of get through the basics before I get to uh, the call of repentance, and I didn't want to do that in a room full of people that are standing around. So I was sort of holding that in abeyance, but not indefinitely uh, until the next conversation when we could be uh, one-on-one with, with one another. The same thing would apply here. There are going to be some circumstances where the response is going to be, a, you know, I would really like to talk to you about that at a later time. Sometimes there could just be uh, saying, you know, I don't really agree with that, but, and then to move on to talk about whatever it is that you were you were going to talk about previously. And then there are circumstances where you might have the kind of relationship where you're able to come in and speak very sharply, very definitively in that moment. So there are all sorts of of different categories here that, that could be the case. If you have somebody who is a professing Christian, then I think you need to carry out Matthew 18. And I think Matthew 18 is going to largely depend, again, on the sort of uh, the sort of circumstance that's around you. I mean, Jesus tells us to go first one-on-one to the person who has fallen into an offense. Now, obviously, uh, that doesn't mean, when Jesus tells us this, that doesn't mean to let immediate injustice go. So if you have somebody who is using this kind of racist speech in a way that is speaking against some people who are immediately in the room, then you need to confront it immediately. And it doesn't matter how many people are there. It doesn't matter. That, that's been lifted up to DEFCON 5 at that moment. If you have somebody who's speaking in such a way that is going to further the immediate context means it's going to further this sort of uh, racist speech habit, then you need to confront it immediately. 
But there are other situations where you may say, okay, I'm going to talk to Uncle Ronnie about this, but I'm going to talk to Uncle Ronnie about this later. I'm going to talk to him about this in a way where I'm not going to try to humiliate him in front of all these people here at Thanksgiving or wherever wherever it is that you are, because you know that that's not going to help. It's just going to exacerbate the situation, and so you're going to try to find the way to to speak to him. That's going to largely depend on your wisdom as to what is the right way to approach this. So think of Nathan, for instance, with King David. Nathan doesn't come in and say, you're sleeping with Bathsheba, and the Ten Commandments say that you shall not commit adultery, and uh, you had Uriah killed, and the Ten Commandments speak against murder, because he knows that the immediate defenses are going to come up, and King David is going to uh, is going to react in a way that's only going to harden him, probably, in his sin and rebellion against God. He's going to lash out at Nathan. Nathan has the wisdom of the Spirit in order to know that and to discern that. That doesn't mean he leaves it alone. It means that he comes around those defenses in order to get at what it is that David is protecting. Now, you and I aren't uh, prophets. We, we have the prophetic gift in the sense that we have the Acts 2 outpouring of the Spirit, but we're not specially called prophets in the Old Testament prophet uh, sense. So we, we don't have that sort of immediate Spirit-given intuition that the prophet Nathan would have had, much less what Jesus has. But you have been given a certain degree of wisdom and discernment to be able to know how people typically respond to things. And so you might want to say, okay, I'm going to have to find a way. If I want simply to vent, then I could just do it in whatever way I want to. But if I want to really call this person to repentance, then I'm going to have to know what's the best way to do that in a way that is most likely to bring about a genuine repentance. And sometimes you may say, you know, what would work best with Uncle Ronnie is just as direct as I can and as hard as I can hit right here at the Thanksgiving table. That's the way he responds best. Or you may say, hmm, that's not going to work for him. Uh, I'm going to do this at a different time. But (laughs) you can only wait for a different time if that waiting is not perceived first of all, as approval. Uh, and the same thing would apply with sexual immorality. If, if I know somebody who knows what I believe about sexuality, knows what I believe about marriage, knows what I believe about immorality, who's talking about living with his, his girlfriend, I am not going to have to come in and let's have a debate about 1 Corinthians 6 every time he brings that up. But if my sitting there and listening to him or my not confronting that, if I think that's going to give a sense of approval to him or to anyone who's over overhearing me, then I have to come in and make sure that's clear. Same thing is true here. So there have been times when um, I have had someone who has made varying degrees of, of racist uh, comments, sometimes really, really vile, obvious to everybody, including the person saying it. 
uh, racist comments. And then there have been times when uh, people have made racist comments um, that they didn't believe uh, were racist. So I knew a lady one time in a church that I served who would say things like, she would talk about someone she knew. Now, she's Hispanic, but she's really nice. You know, this, this isn't somebody, I can tell by the fact that she's saying this so openly to me that she doesn't think there's anything uh, racist about that sort of, of comment. And then there are a lot of things in between there. Sometimes what I've had to say is just an immediate hey, that's wrong. Well, why are you doing that? Sometimes I've come in with a little bit gentler. Well, that's not the way that we see this. And I'd love to talk to you about that further. A lot of that just depends on how am I going to be able to actually speak a call to repentance to this person? And how am I being overheard uh, in this situation? But the, the main thing is clarity because if you if you ignore this long term you ignore this then what you're what you're ending up doing is is empowering it i mean one of the reasons that we that we end up with the sort of um, the sort of racist situation that we have especially in certain parts of the of the country uh, right now is because of those cultural patterns that people don't even question they don't even assume with the jokes they make with the words they use with the sorts of uh, stereotypes and categorizations uh, that they use uh, you, you cannot be silent in the face of that in a way that is going to make you complicit in it. And you also have to have the kind of courage that's going to model, especially for the next generation, uh, that you're willing to stand up for Christ, which means to stand up for all of those who are related to Christ Jesus, his brothers and sisters, and therefore your brothers and sisters. And you're willing to do that in a way that sometimes is is going to make things socially difficult and awkward for you. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com/equip